You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another glorious, uh, victorious episode of uh, the Assembly Call. Uh, as today, your Indiana Hoosiers uh, defeated North Alabama 83-66 to in a game that everyone needed. The team needed, the coaching staff needed, and the fans needed to see to a, a rather good performance. Not perfect, but what Indiana needed to do against an opponent like North Alabama. Got off to a good start, started hitting some shots, and boy, was that contagious as we'll, we will surely talk about on the show tonight, the amount of three-point shots attempted and the amount of three-point shots that, that went in. This was a game where Indiana played well offensively, and the offensive game won uh, tonight. Defensively, they were fortunate that North Alabama was not very efficient from the three-point line. And in the ball screen game, that's an area where I believe Indiana needs to shore up as they head into Big Ten play is on the defensive side, giving up 66 points. And really, it could have been a lot more if they hit some shots. But let's focus on the positives. We all need it after last Tuesday. It was an interesting show, interesting game. And I thought Indiana came out today and did what they needed to do. Uh, I'm your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Tony Adrania, also an, a coach, and Ryan Phillips, also a shot doctor. Uh, and we're going to break it down uh, for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. So uh, let's start uh, the show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And I'm going to go with assists. I know we're going to talk three-point shooting, but I texted out from the assembly call. I thought Indiana, in Mike Woodson's system, I'm trying to look at how Indiana can play well within what Mike Woodson wants to do. And the number one thing is share the basketball when in traffic or double-teamed or in the lane. And, boy, Indiana sure did that. And the second half, the banner moment for me, was Trey Galloway start of the second half with his ability to share the basketball. Several lobs, a few kickouts for three, and what was kind of a shaky end to the first half where Indiana only led by nine, Indiana came out and really punched North Alabama in the face and put everyone at ease, and Trey Galloway was the playmaker that Indiana needs from the point guard position, uh, being able to break things down in the lane and get the ball to the players to score. I thought that was our banner moment. So just like every show, our banner moment is uh, sponsored by our friends at Home Field Apparel. We really appreciate everyone at Home Field Apparel now in their seventh season sponsoring the assembly call. And it's their third as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know more high-quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always just right around the corner. I'm wearing this one tonight. Brought us luck. I might have to keep wearing that on, on game nights. But there's more to Homefield than just IU. There are all kinds of schools, some professional football with the Colts. Uh, go find what you want at home field apparel. I'm seeing it on television. I'm seeing it with uh, coaches, national people are, are talking about it. Nor home field is not just an Indiana brand. It is an American brand. So no matter what you buy, you know, it's going to be comfortable. You know, the colors are going to last and you're supporting 
people who came up through uh, Indiana University School of Kelly Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, it is now time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Ryan, let's go to you. Uh, Indiana showed some offensive ability tonight, and your thoughts? Uh, what do you think I'm going to talk about, guys? Uh, maybe you're the very shot ob- doctor. Yeah, there you go. Um, boy, basketball is a hell of a lot easier when you can make three pointers, and I think that going 12 of 24 from three from Indiana. Honestly, it's, I will say this, I, I, and there can be quibbles. We've seen individuals in the Mike uh, Woodson era shoot confidently in games. I've never seen the entire team shoot confidently in a game. And we saw that tonight, everybody who's stepping into those threes, rising and taking them when they missed, they didn't get discouraged. They were willing to shoot again. And they made the three-pointer part of the offense as opposed to just something that might happen if you're standing and there's nobody within 10 feet. Well, I got to take this. You know, the guys were looking for shots. They were hunting shots. They were finding open areas. And the other thing about threes, and you saw this tonight, a made three gives a team energy. It, 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 it gives the team a lift. And you saw that several times tonight that they would hit a three, come back down and play a really good defensive possession or two in a row because it gets the crowd involved. It gets your teammates involved. I've said it a lot. A lot. It's like a dunk in traffic, like a three pointer can change momentum. It can stop the other team. It's discouraging for the other team because sometimes you play good defense, but a guy's a little bit open and he knocks down a three. And not only did you give up a basket, you gave up three points instead of two. Um, I just it, it was a different mentality from Indiana tonight. I don't know if this carries over or if it's a one game thing, but it needs to carry over. These guys need to be able to make 10 threes in a game. I'm sorry. Like I like if you want to go somewhere this season, you've got to make 10 threes in a game. You've got to make 12 every once in a while. Yeah, some games you'll only hit six, but only taking nine, 10, 11, 12, that's not enough. You've got to take. They took 24 tonight. That should be around where they're taking, 20 to 24 a night, and taking them not because the shot clock's winding down, but because you reverse the ball and you feel confident stepping into one. Gabe Cups has looked very tentative stepping into threes. He hit one tonight, stepped right into it, took it. So this needs to be the mentality moving forward from from Indiana. You know, a couple guys were one for three. That's fine. 33% for this team, 33% taking one of three is fine. We need those baskets inside and out from Indiana. They're so paint-heavy. They won tonight scoring 83 points. Only 32 points came in the paint. You can't be, you're not going to score 50, 60 in the paint every night. You've got to move the ball around and you've got to hit shots. And they did tonight and look at the result. They look like a much more confident, dominant team. And this is the first time in the non-conference they've really done what they were supposed to do against a lesser opponent. And they, the difference is they made shots. Also joining us is the founder of the IU Film Room, uh, Tony Adrania. Tony, your thoughts on Indiana's victory over North Alabama? Yeah, I tweeted it out, uh, you know, kind of just like a palate cleansing win, you know, after um, Tuesday night where, you know, it was, was a rough one to watch in, in many respects. And, um, you know, tonight was just fun basketball to watch. Sounds like I'm loud. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was fun to watch and... Um, you know, in that respect, 
when I look at Indiana's offense and, and how they ran it, I think that was a great thing to see from my perspective was they were doing a lot of things to get guys open shots as well. You know, they were running empty side ball screens and then forcing help in the middle. And then on a kickout, guy would be open or they would run a roll and replace ball screen and they'd hit the replace guy. So like a lot of the stuff and actions that Mike Woodson was running um, was helping Indiana get those open looks as well. And then, you know, as you noted, guys were unselfish in, in giving up the ball. I thought a, a play that probably not a lot of people will think about, but what I thought kind of showed the growth of McKenzie and Baco. It was a late shot clock situation. He was actually kicked out to, I think there's like seven seconds left on the shot clock. He takes one dribble. In my opinion, he probably forces up a, a tough shot there beginning of the year. He kicks it out, I believe, to Cups, who's wide open because his man helped, and they, he knocks down a three. Like Little things like that are showing that there's some growth there and that Indiana's looking for those open shots. Um, you know, it it almost felt like a night was a concerted effort to shoot threes. Like, the, it, I, it may just have happened, and, and um, you know, that's great. But, you know, seven different guys making threes is obviously a, a huge positive sign for Indiana's uh, offense moving forward. Um, now, you know, now it's stacking games together uh, and on top of each other. So encouraging from the offensive standpoint, I thought Indiana kind of got whatever they wanted. Um, you know, I, I wanted them to kind of run up the score to offset some of the analytics, um, you know, like Ken Palm and, and Bart Torvik and the net and stuff like that. Um, he looks at, you know, an efficiency margin. And the more you win by, that actually does factor into to those things. But, um yeah, outside of that, you know, not a lot to to be concerned about. You know, you mentioned the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I thought some of Indiana's guards struggled to guard their yard, and you know that puts your defense in predicament. So uh, I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit. But that was really the only kind of negative aspect I saw of the game. But but much much more positive. Yeah, the 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 offense was was pretty good. I like transition. I thought they still they did a good job in transition. They started out the the last couple games really pushing the ball in transition, feeding off their defense, and then it kind of went away. I thought tonight they they're running a little chin action. I think off of their secondary, Tony, uh, yep. where they do a little you know ball reversal handoff, and then when the ball gets reversed a second time, they're having a back screen of the of the weak side guard. I like that. It opens up mm -hmm. the lane and then you can drive uh, the, the prototypical play for me tonight was Anthony Leo's three. When, when the ball got kicked out, there was a baseline drift drive, hit the baseline drift, one more pass up to the top. That's what you see in college basketball. That's what we haven't been seeing a lot with this Indiana basketball team. And that was just, uh, and even the, the, we beat people on the nail slot rim defense when they went to stop someone at the nail and we kicked out for threes, which we had not been doing it. It seemed like this group was going to be a drive to the rim at all costs. And you still saw a couple guys come off the bench uh, doing that. It was my concern with Anthony Walker uh, in, in some of his drives in the previous two games. But I thought Indiana's offense was, was spaced well today and, like you said, ran some different things. I, I love – I love getting the ball into the pinch post for that little Chicago action. I thought Trey was better in the Chicago action in, in throwing a, a post pass uh, and a kick out instead of just trying to jam it through three people all the time. And so I think everyone tonight had a concerted effort. I, I, I hope you're right that it was to shoot threes, 
but it also could have been share the basketball. Uh, you, you watched a film of Moorhead State and you didn't share the basketball and you didn't shoot because Not your shot all. selection was bad. Shot selection was really good tonight. And, and that is going to be needed against teams that play much better than North Alabama because you're going to need to be very, very efficient against the Big Ten. And Indiana has to win a lot of Big Ten games to get in the tournament. Ryan. Yeah, I think that one thing that's interesting to look at just in the macro sense about this game, you know, you talk about the shooting, you talk about all those things, but Khalil Ware had eight points and Indiana scored 83. And that hasn't happened this year, you know? And, and yes, Malik Renew got 25. Malik Renew got 25 because he was working inside and out, working the paint, uh, was, was kind of doing a little bit of everything. But other guys scored too. You had eight from Galloway, five from Leal, 11 from Walker, you know, five from Gabe Cups, who hasn't been scoring at all, 12 from Mbaco. You got the scoring other places. It was a balanced attack. Now you get a, it, now if you have this kind of balanced attack, maybe Renew doesn't get 25 and Baco doesn't get 12. But if you have guys that can score up and down the lineup and where has 20 in a game, you, you're taking yourself to a different level. And you didn't need where to be dominant tonight. And, and I don't know if that's just a, you know, a minute's hangover from the last two games or whatnot. He just didn't seem to have his typical bounce tonight. And, and he has, you know, he's played a lot and it's been very taxing for him because of who he's had to guard and all that stuff. And now he's had to help them come back. Only played 20 minutes tonight. And that's probably honestly good for Indiana that he did not get a huge load of points tonight, or I mean, of minutes tonight. And you were able to dominate without him. So, uh, but, I mean, the fact that they were able to do that and score that many points and play that well, when he was kind of an afterthought offensively, other than a few lobs, uh, that bodes well for Indiana for the future. If these guys can remain confident, I know they're playing North Alabama, but if you can carry this over, just the confidence, you don't have to score that many points, but just be that confident on offense that you can contribute even small contributions from guys up and down the lineup, especially from the bench, uh, can change games in the Big Ten. If you get... 13 points from your bench instead of two, it's a different game. And, and so they got 25 bench points tonight. But, you know, you reduce that for, 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 for the competition, you get half that, let's say. It's a big difference for what this Indiana team could do because it's very starter-reliant offensively right now. And it's very reliant on the starters to play heavy, heavy minutes up and down the lineup on offense and defense. You need those contributions, and they got them from up and down the lineup tonight. What, what, you, what you're saying and, and why it's so important is there are times when Ware might be taken away by a bigger guy, and we've seen that in the bigger games, and then the three-point shooting Double teams, et cetera. You have to win, win basketball games with multiple ways of attacking. Uh, and, and on nights when your big guys struggle, it's nice to have guys being confident from out to maybe shoot you uh, in, into a game and win. And, and it is North Alabama, and I think the last time Indiana hit this many threes, it was also against North Alabama. So there has to be some realistic caution uh, in, in getting too excited uh, about the number of threes. But I think you're right. If these guys can have confidence and hit shots, and if, if the coaching staff can continue to manipulate and be creative – uh, in their attack the rim style to share the basketball, it, it can work uh, and it can be at a much higher um, efficiency. I, I want to go to this storyline, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, but uh, Coach, Walker, well, before we change, before yeah. we change gears, one last thing about that: those those bench guys and those other guys who don't score a whole lot. It's not even necessarily about them scoring; it's them being a threat. So opponents right. have to guard them and pay attention to them, thereby opening up your regular scores. Because we saw it 
against Moorhead State, they packed the lane with four guys at some points. Four guys were touching the paint or close to it to try and take away the inside, and they were not afraid of anybody else doing anything. Until Anthony Walker got in and started attacking, they were not afraid of anybody else doing anything. And so it's even the threat of those guys changes what Indiana can do offensively. And so that's, again, just a – you know, something to keep an eye on as we move forward is whether or not teams respect those that offensive game, and you've got to prove it for that to happen. So go ahead, move on to the next thing. Yeah, and, and we're, we're going to uh, talk a lot about Malik Renew in the next couple of segments, but I want to talk about Anthony Walker. And, and, and if Renew can play a little bit outside, uh, he's got that three-point shot. But what Walker does when you have Walker and one big, Indiana plays – uh, a little bit faster, a little bit smoother, a little bit more on the perimeter because he can catch that initial pass from the guard and he could either go a uh, handoff or he could keep and drive. And, and, and I, I know I mentioned a couple of his drives were in the traffic, but he did a good job of driving one-on-one, stopping and hitting the jumper, uh, of, of getting fouled tonight. Uh, I thought he did a really nice job of setting his feet on his three. He's hit a three each of the last two games. I like that lineup. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Tony, with Walker out there with either Renew at the five or Ware at the five. I think that gives Coach Woodson some flexibility if he likes it as well. Your thoughts, Tony? I love it. Um, you know, it's it's been one of those things that I've wanted to see more small ball, if you will, um, you know, with even like an Mbako at the four. We really haven't seen that. Um, so, you know, where, or Walker kind of gives us that that vision of what – you know, kind of some small ball, modern ball, whatever you want to call it, um, would look like with Indiana. And yeah, it just opens up spacing, um, more fluidity, fluidity uh, in the offense because you've got a, a guy that, you know, Indiana runs a lot of their stuff through the post, through the high post. Post catches the ball at the top of the key and makes decisions. Well, when you've got a guy that can put it on the deck and make some plays, running that, um, you know, it makes a big difference. So I love it. Uh, yeah, I think it gives Woodson some some lineup flexibility um and you know it's it's funny because honestly walker's first three four games i was like this guy shouldn't play um you know he was he was poor really it took him (laughs) i mean as a transfer transfer in a new system sometimes it's hard once the once the bullets start flying in real games to fit in because your instincts are geared to do something different so i agree i think that it was real tough for him to fit in it seems like he's kind of found his niche now and niche now and and i think that that uh will work for him moving forward absolutely yeah it's 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 important i mean honestly for in like you said to have that bench contribution and now you've got somebody that seems pretty dang reliable coming off the bench every time he's on the floor and you know that's kind of what Trey Galloway was for this program for a couple of years where like you knew when he came in the game you were going to get solid contributions it's nice that Indiana it seems like they might be kind of finding that and you know of course it's it's a somebody in the front court <laughs> you know and and I tell you what I love putting your bigs into screening action that's not on the ball uh they did they ran that double pin they run some floppy but that down screen with Ware with a curl and Galloway caught, and if you help uh, on the curl, then you just lob it up for, for Ware. Uh, it's kind of like an empty ball screen somewhat without having the ball on, on the wing. There there were enough things like that uh, tonight that were different than just clear out a side on a rub cut, dribble up and throw it in the post and stand still. There was a lot more movement, uh, and, and hopefully that wasn't just experimental tonight against North <laughs> Alabama. Hopefully that is – uh, also embedded elsewhere. But the last storyline we have – go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say what I like that Mike Woodson did was, um, you know, 
North Alabama was trying had kind of figured out that empty side ball screen and how to guard it. So then he did. He went to a dribble handoff action once to force that that basically turned into an empty side ball screen. And then he went to that double pin or that pin down with Ware and Galloway. And then he got that lob. So I liked the. It was it, like you said. It's basically the same exact play. Um, you're just, just getting into different it different ways. ways. Exactly. And I liked that because North Alabama was really struggling to wrap their heads around what Indiana was doing there. Uh, switch it up here before we go into segment two. Um, the ball screen coverage for Indiana continues to be the concern. It was a good night tonight, but I think we need to address the ball screen. They're trying to go over the top and play some drop coverage. Sometimes they switch, uh, and really the, a couple teams are starting to figure out if you can really get that, the, the defender on the ball caught up, they're just pulling up and shooting because there's not uh, high help or, or hard help in, in any way. And, and I think that's going to cause Indiana some continued problems. And I think that was some of the guard your yard look, too, as you're trying to force them one way and get on that hip. And then they just were beating people downhill. I thought it was a, a tough performance on the guard's uh, perimeter. But that ball screen action concerns me. Uh, Ryan or Tony, whoever wants to take it, uh, your, your thoughts on maybe what Indiana can do. Is it just execution, or do they need to think about doing something different on their ball screen coverage? Ryan. I think they maybe need to relax some of the nail slot rim stuff and and on, on the ball screen stuff and and I do think that they need to decide: are we switching every time, or are we just communicating on when we need to switch and and all of that stuff? Because I it, it looks confused at, at, at most of the time, and it's not that they're not on the same page of what they're supposed to be doing. It's almost like instinctively, guys are confused to what they're supposed to be doing, and so yeah, they I, I will say with with. As, as we've, we've lauded the offensive side, I thought the defense really struggled to prevent open shots. And, and and North Alabama just playing Assembly Hall obliged by missing a lot of open looks, a lot of open looks from three. And then in the, on the inside, they did as well. Uh, they were 9 of 17 on layups. And I think Khalil Ware has a lot to do with that, uh, just his presence. But, I, I, yeah, I just feel like Indiana's defense doesn't know what it wants to be. And we see in some games it looks pretty good. Some games it looks like a disaster. Luckily, tonight their athleticism, I think, won out. And just their ability to be bigger and faster and stronger than North Alabama won out. And you had North Alabama guys just kind of rushing things once they did get open looks because they were sort of anticipating a faster, bigger guy closing out to them or a faster, bigger guy looming in the paint. So, but yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do here. Um, I will say, and this is a sin, and I would never do this if I was a coach, but I do think occasionally they should continue to mix in the zone a little bit when they're struggling defensively. And just to give another look and to, you know, especially in the Big Ten, because Big Ten teams are not going to be expecting zone from Indiana. So mixing it in after uh, a run of bad you know, defensive ball uh, ball screen coverage or something just to change things up might be something that Mike Woodson wants to consider. It's worked for them before, and they have a lot of length. And so that helps a zone tremendously when you have that amount of length. It's the reason Syracuse has been able to run it for so long is they get super athletic guards and big men. Yeah, a couple things on, on the defensive side um, that – I think the I think they have relaxed a bit of the nail slot rim stuff. Um, you know, I, I think it was against Auburn, perhaps, or it might even been against Moorhead State. But you know, they were staying glued to shooters that were in the weak side corner, which end up turning to the strong side. So I I think they have relaxed it, or at least adjusted game to game. Um, you know, I I think North Alabama came into the game shooting what thirty six percent, I think, from three, so pretty good. Um, 
so that that side of it is uh, concerning to me, Coach. I would love to see them at least try to ice ball screens. Like you're you're in the drop coverage, which is really putting the point guard in, in a in a bad situation, trying to go over the top there in that drop, and then they're ended up behind. Gabe Cups has probably gotten four fouls this season trying to come from behind to block a contest a shot. Um, with the with the ice coverage, and for those that don't know what ice coverage is, sometimes it's called blue, you're basically forcing the guy not to use the screen. And you're, you're parking, you're big, and you're just kind of corralling that guard to a spot um, and, and not letting them use the ball screen. So where Indiana really struggles on those ball screens is guy comes off that high ball screen, nail defender helps, kick out, wide open shot. Um, you know, that's, that's happened time and time again for Indiana. To me, you just eliminate that with, um, icing the ball screen, and that—that's a tactic that comes from the NBA. I went back and looked, and and Woodsy, Woodson has used that um, ball screen coverage previously. So I would love to to see some ice coverage, um, especially on sideline pick and rolls. Just to you've got Ware with a lot of length, Corral um, guys, and and to me, he's just he he looks uncomfortable in the drop coverage right now. Um, you know, I was looking, I was talking to, um, an NBA scout and he said, where's biggest knock amongst the scouting world right now is his ball screen defense. Um, because which he's going to be put in constantly in the NBA. (laughs) So, you know, he's got to learn how to play drop for sure. If he's going to play in the NBA, but you know, he just seems uncomfortable in it right now. And, um, he's kind of on it back on his heels and it really kind of takes away a a large part of his game, which is kind of coming off from the weak side and, and blocking shots. So that's, that's, where I would love to at least see them give that a shot um, in terms of the icing stuff. But, you know, nail slot rim, that's kind of like Woody's MO, his, his trademark. I mean, I think he really believes in it. So I, I don't really know that we'll see them go away from that kind of coverage. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, when you're in that, if you're going to go over, you need that help. And, and what's right. good about the nail slot rim is that the help is already there. Um, and then the backside rotation has to be sharper. You have to close out perfectly, and and so it's not a, it's not a horrible scheme. It's just one I don't I don't know that this roster or many college rosters can can do. And then the other thing that I think they just need to execute it better, uh, guys, because there's a lot of ball watching with a lot yeah. of rear end towards their guys, and teams are now flaring to the corner. And so all of a sudden that nail guy, if he's not helping the nail, when he turns to look, he he's has got a longer closeout. Uh, they're flaring the nail guy, and, and so obviously good coaches see that, and then they scheme against it. Uh, I forget which team it was early in the year was back cutting it. It might have been Wright State was back cutting and I think it was actually Florida Gulf Coast. Was, oh, it might have been were, right the first game. Yeah, and uh, you know they were, and so it's just it's just a different uh, preference. But I'd like to see a little more flat ball screen. I'd rather go with the icing if you're going to do that and play drop. The the icing is better. And the reason you don't want to trap or hard hedge is because then you're on rotation. You got to tag, and then you got to rotate. So, Coach, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to have to have rotation on the backside. And Coach Woodson says we're going to rotate to one spot every time, and it's going to be that that wing. We just overcommit. Uh, there was a time tonight when Mbako 
on the wing was guarding the corner, and there was a drive towards the wing, and he helped to stop the ball when he really didn't need to because it wasn't a scoring drive or an aggressive drive, and they kicked it to the corner for a three. So our guys have to understand, and the coaches have to make them understand, is don't lock in on the ball unless you stab and recover. need to. <laughs> stab and go. You know, we used to teach gap where it was, he- you know, hedge right. a little bit, you know, and then get back. Uh, he is there. And now the guy's got to get out. Uh, and I think they got to think about getting out first rather than – because you're already there discouraging the ball. But that has to be cleaned up, I think, um, you know. My, my opinion, is, go watch Miller Cop how he played it. He was always on his toes. He was always bouncing up and down to where he could be fleet of foot and kind of stab. A lot of those guys in that nail spot right now, too, are flat-footed. And it's yep. it's – it's really hard to move when you're flat-footed, especially, like you said, the closeout has to be perfect. You're putting yourself at a distinct disadvantage if you're flat-footed when you got to go close out quickly. Yep. Uh, Tony, real quick before we break, um, share with everyone about the IU Film Room uh, and kind of things you have planned going forward. Absolutely, yeah. So we're, it's part of our, our Substack community, um, which has been awesome in the Substack. Um, but, yeah, with IU Film Room – Every Friday, break down something for you, whether it be a previous game, a future opponent, um, things that are trending throughout the season, and then mixed in throughout the week, I'll, I'll also, from time to time, um, do some some uh, micro breakdowns of one player throughout one game or something like that. But essentially what I'm doing is I'm going into the, the film uh, of IU games. I rewatch every single game with a, a critical viewpoint and, and with a coaching eye of things that I, I notice um, or I think would be worth pointing out and I put those into to the IU film room and um, has gotten a, a lot of uh, good commentary on it and you know we, we've had some good back and forth in the comments uh, with folks that are, have questions or, or different stuff opinions or whatever the case may be um, but it's been a lot of fun to, to dive into that. So would highly recommend joining uh, the Substack because not only do you get the IU Film Room, but you get all the other premium uh, aspects of the community, which is you know uh, the post-game emails, the full email. Uh, you get coaches' breakdowns as well, the, the X's and O's. Um, and then I, I'm missing price 17 different things that are also within that community, but you get a lot of great content all centered around Indiana university, uh, a lot of basketball, but also football during the football season. And, and then Ari does a great job with tons of other sports as well in the IU universe. So, um, highly recommend joining. You can join at assemblycall.com and we'd love to have you in there. Yeah. And then I, I'll continue to throw out some coaches corners every once in a while, which it's just a quick thing. Uh, Josh Pose and I did one on Caleb Banks after New York. Uh, I got some time now. I'm on Christmas break, so I might throw a few together on that as well. Uh, so go to assemblycall.com and subscribe to our Substack. There's a, a, a lot of good stuff there for your Indiana Hoosier basketball viewing. So coming up, uh, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over North Alabama, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed. We'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important stats uh, from the game. So you're listening to the Assembly Call post-game show. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back. You're listening to the Assembly Call post-game show. I'm the host, uh, Coach Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Tony Adrania. We're breaking down Indiana's 83-66 win over North Alabama. And now it's time for the meaningful moments you might have missed. You know, there, there were there were a lot of uh, good things. Uh, I already brought up uh, one of mine, the pin screen, uh, the curl, uh, and, and the lob. Uh, I'll just talk about this. I always talk about handling adversity. Galloway comes out to start the first half, and he drives into three people and gets the ball stolen and turns it over, and then he proceeds to go on a run of five straight assists. You know, those are things that as coaches you like to see because you're never going to play perfect, but it's what you do after you make a mistake that matters. Uh, and he came back after that and didn't let it bother him and then just really was, was the difference. I, I think that was uh, a key thing to, to witness, especially for Indiana to get out uh, to start um, that, that second half. And the other thing, and I'll just turn to you guys real quickly, is Indiana's zone offense, uh, I like the 1-4 across the 1-4 high well, where they have an elbow catch and then they drop the post right into the center and have some wings float to either to the corner or to spot up against the zone. It took them two or three zone possessions to figure out to go to that, but once they went to that, they got some easy looks. And I think at times Indiana's zone offense has been good. At other times it hasn't been, but it's usually the first two or three possessions where Indiana's kind of feeling out their zone offense. But look for that when teams play Indiana zone. Look for that 1-4 high. I, I thought it was really well uh, executed. Ryan, were there any moments uh, that stood out uh, to you? I thought the the stretch to start the second half was really important to them, and, and they really did pick it up. They played with energy coming out of the half, and I, I just think that it wasn't a specific moment, but it was the energy coming out of halftime. You expended a lot of energy in the first half after, again, you played two nights ago. And, and so sometimes you get to sit down, get a little cold, and you come out flat. They did not come out flat to start the second half. They played with energy. They played with attention. They played, you know, there was no letdown. And I think that that was the most important thing. And I, I did write down, just can't come out flat to start the second half. Do not give this team any life, you know, or, or, or let them think they can get in it. Because then it starts to wear on you. Then you start to realize you're tired. You know, if you're flowing and you're doing well, you don't have time to think about that your legs are a little are a little down from the other night. So um, I, I thought just that stretch to open the second half, they kind of established themselves again, showed that they were, you know, the dominant team and weren't going to let North Alabama back in the game. I thought that was really important. 
So those two meaningful moments, and, and Tony's coming up, uh, are brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, uh, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. They do some wonderful things. I always look forward to seeing their pictures of the people that have gone to, to those games. So thanks to them. Uh, and now, Tony, uh, some moments that uh, you thought were, were meaningful. Yeah, I thought, honestly, the, the first offensive possession where the ball was thrown into Malik. He was double teamed. He didn't force it. He kicked it out to Mbako. Mbako hits the three. And to me, that just set the tone for the entire evening. Um, you know, Indiana shared the ball well. They knocked down shots. And it started – in, in the very first offensive possession, um, I think it was the first, first or second. Regardless, um, you know, it was, to me, set the tone for the night, and Indiana didn't really look back in terms of their offensive production from that point forward. I think we can find a lot of those, uh, the passing and sharing of the basketball moments if we really wanted to. I had written down in Baco, it didn't, it didn't end in a basket, but he, he threw the ball to Walker, and Walker fumbles it out of bounds. But it was, it was a very good read, and it was the type of risk you want at the six-minute mark where he just rifled that, had got his head up, looked at the rim. You always tell players, find the rim, see the action, and he was able to do that in an appropriate way and get the, get the ball thrown in there. I thought Walker had a um, really nice back door. Uh, to, to Banks, we're starting to see uh, a lot of that back door. When you open up the post by playing through the high post, like you mentioned earlier, uh, guys can back cut. If people are overplaying the handoff or, or the ball screen, potential ball screen stuff, you can back cut stuff. And, boy, the posts are making some nice passes there. But it all comes down to, in this scheme, you have to share the basketball. It's one thing to throw it in the post all the time, but if you're double and triple teamed and turn the ball over, that's not good. Or if you have a driving lane and drive into three people and, and try to score over two people, that's not good. Tonight, Indiana shared the basketball. And I think that uh, that was a, a, a huge, huge part of, of the success. So it's time now to um, – uh, go inside the numbers uh, brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and Chat Mob Hall of Famer, Megan Mahaffey, and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or visiting jacksonhewitt.com. All right. Um, I haven't had a big chance. I, I've hit the assist numbers for me. Uh, obviously, the number of assists on baskets, 25 assists on 31 baskets, is almost absolutely absurd numbers. Uh, and we're, we're speaking crazy about it tonight. But I think that number uh, was was very, very important uh, tonight. The other number for me really was Malik Renew, uh, 25 points, uh, 10 for 14, uh, 4 for 4 from 3, 7 rebounds. He did turn the ball over a few times, uh, but I thought this was a game Malik might, had struggled with foul trouble and playing time uh, because of that foul trouble, and he came out tonight offensively very, very focused uh, tonight in, in leading the team in scoring. Ryan, your thoughts on what Malik was able to do this evening? Uh, we're going to be talking about him again in the next segment. You know, I mean, like it was just it was his best performance. Obviously, I was kind of surprised that his highest scoring performance ever before was 18. Um, right. And I guess, you know, that makes sense because last year he didn't really 
uh, get to play as much because of the guy who was in front of him happened to be an All-American. But I just thought he was everywhere tonight. He came out with the mentality that like he wasn't going to let Indiana lose this game and he was going to take over, and he did. And that's, again, his performance is how you can – have Khalil Ware only score eight points and still have a completely dominant victory. So uh, just a great performance by Malik. This is the kind of thing where also what he can do offensively with his footwork and the way he works inside and also his touch. He has touch from beyond the arc Uh, with those things. He can do this in the Big Ten. He's strong enough to do this in the Big Ten. He's quick enough to do this in the Big Ten. He's just got to believe he can do it, and he will. I mean, that you know, if, if he if he thinks he can do this to guys in the Big Ten, he can't, and he will. So, uh, great night for him. Yeah, you know, best best performance we've seen from him in Indiana, inside and right. You, Ryan, you said you had a couple numbers. Uh, what do you have? Yeah, I think one that's interesting. Again, they scored eighty three points, one by seventeen. It wasn't really a close game. Points in the paint: Indiana thirty two, North Alabama thirty. Um, they didn't need to dominate tremendously in the paint to win, which is what's encouraging about this game. Uh, I mean, there are a number of things that are encouraging, but they didn't, you know, it feels like Indiana's got to win the paint by 20 points to win every game that they win. And they didn't have to do that today. And because, and that's obviously we've talked about the shooting repeatedly, but it's because they made shots Uh, and they didn't, you know, it's not like they got to the free throw line and dominated from there. They were nine of 14, which is not good. And we need to continue to be better at the free throw line, but you know, they didn't, they didn't absolutely dominate from the line. They dominated from the three point line. That's where they won the game. Tony, any numbers stand out for you? Yeah, I'm looking at synergy right now. And uh, Indiana has been, one of the worst spot-up shooting teams in the country. I think they were in the second percentile. Um, tonight on spot-up shots, they scored 1.8 points per possession, which is far and away their best of the season. And, um, you know, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody uh, based upon how they shot from the three-point line. But, um, you know, seeing it in that light after how bad they have been, um, pretty meaningful. Tony, do you – and we'll come back to Ryan as well on this – that's a that's a crazy number, absurd number. Uh, how sustainable is this, and, and what is a reasonable number going forward, uh, and what is needed for Indiana uh, to, to be successful in the Big Ten with stretching the floor, spacing, and shooting? You, you're not going to shoot at a 1.8 points per possession on spot-up every night uh, and shoot 50% from three, but what can this team do, or what does it need to do to at least be better offensively? Yeah, I think more of the actions we saw tonight where they give guys space to drive and then make decisions and make good decisions off of those drives. I think that was um, really kind of the, the linchpin to the offense this evening was, you know, there was there was a lot of great opportunities in space for guys to create um, that just hasn't really been there for much of this season. You know, a lot of Indiana's offense was predicated on feeding the post and kind of standing um, there was a lot of movement tonight, and, and like you said, the early offense stuff that kind of turned into a chin action that opens up the floor, and then guys made good decisions, and and that's important. You know, obviously, as you mentioned, one point eight not sustainable. Um, you know, the best the best spot up shooting team in the country, our second best, is Indiana State. They're doing that at one point two four points per possession clip. So if Indiana could get a point per possession. Um, you know, off of those spot-up opportunities, which is typically shooting about 33% from three would be your one point per possession. So if they can just get it to that level, which is kind of NCAA average-ish, um, you know, that, that does open up a lot for this offense. And 
I don't think that's asking a ton, especially given they've showcased what they're capable of. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some regression to the mean, but um, I think they can they can find a 33% clip. They've, they've got enough guys that can shoot, and they they have enough in their offensive repertoire to get guys good looks. Ryan, how many threes in general should Indiana take, in your opinion, uh, given they're not going to hit 50% all the time and don't really need to, but uh, tonight was good, uh, and, and we need it to continue. Your thoughts on, on kind of a, a goal I think, I think they need to, I think they need to be taking 20 a game. Um, and, and if you have to feed that to, you know, I know everybody got in on the act, but if you need to feed that mostly to Mbako, Renew, Galloway, uh, and Cups, fine. But, you know, maybe they take more than maybe those guys take more than they should. But at least if you're taking them, the defense has to give you some kind of respect out there because those guys have proven they can make them. I mean, Cup's not really, but he'll get there. Um, but I think that, yeah, you really need to start make start taking more shots. And eventually, you know, if you got guys comfortable taking them in games, they could start making them more confidently, you know, if they're used to doing it and they're not hesitating and they're not thinking, nope, got to feed this inside, got to feed this inside, got to feed this inside, got to get over here for a, for a pick and roll. That's they, they got those two guys got to pick and roll. I, I, it's not a, the offense isn't about me. No, everyone needs to be involved, all five guys. And so uh, and, and shooting is a big, big part of that. You know, I think in order to get those shots and to get 20 shots, you need to continue to move people, as Tony said, because that moves the defense, and then the defense isn't as sure on their coverages or scouting reports. When you, uh, you know, that offense that we run all the time where you just run a wing off the post and you dribble up and throw it in the post, everyone's prepared for that. Everyone knows their rotation because the defense really hasn't moved. The same somewhat with middle ball screen. If you start that right away, if you have some false motion or that chin action and then even go into a side ball, you can side ball screen still very, very effective. But when you move people, you also move the defense and you give a chance for kids to be in bad positions or rotate too much or not rotate at all. And that's what happened. Uh, now, we need to keep doing that against better defensive teams. Obviously, this team struggled defensively and Indiana took advantage of it. That's what you want. So that's going to be a positive. I don't mean this uh, to be super negative. But when you move the defense and you move these the best defense in the Big Ten, you're going to have more openings to get those 20 shots a game. And if you hit seven or eight out of those 20 uh i think you'll be closer to that one one point per possession um i I just think that was a really good point tony i think that's really good for indiana the standing has to stop i think college basketball is about moving and there are times when it has to stop you know when that ball goes in there's nothing wrong with the three guys over there you have a dive that's just good basketball every program runs it but Indiana sometimes relied on that way, way, way too much. Uh, transition basketball, a lot of threes in transition, and a lot of threes uh, in in the actions that that were were done. Uh, any other storylines? Uh, I know Ware didn't have a big game. Any concern uh, uh, with Ware? The last two game, great effort against Kansas, lots of minutes, and then the, these next two games he hasn't hasn't played. Any any concern, or is that just uh, some of the ebbs and flows of, of college basketball? Ryan. Well, I, I I think personally, it's you know he played what thirty seven minutes against Kansas, guarding one of the best centers in the country. That's just going to wear you out. And, and and we can talk about well, he's young, he should be able to bounce back. Well, should is great, um, but 
that's just reality. It wore him down a bit. I thought the last game, he didn't look like he had as much bounce. He didn't look like he had his jump. Uh, and, and, you know, you saw a little bit better this game, but there's a reason he only played 20 minutes. He was he was probably worn out. And, and, and being a big guy like that and playing that many minutes can be rough on your body. So is, I think is that it's a more concern that in the Big Ten? I mean, he's going to play, no. play 18 big games, not as big as Kansas and Dickinson, but he's going to play 18 games and some, and, you know, not getting back in, but this in was our three, scheduling thing. But yeah, this is three and six days after finals week. I, I think that there, the circumstance has a lot to do with it as well. Okay. And, and, you know, again, he'll get used to playing that many minutes too. He had, he didn't do it last year, you know, so he'll get used to it slowly. And I think that he'll build up and be better, but ideally you don't want to play want anyone playing 37 minutes a game. You know, you want to be able to have a bench that you can rely on to take 10 minutes off, off of his play, especially a big guy. You know, guards tend to be able to, are, are, are like built, built, built out of rubber. Big guys, you kind of do have to manage their minutes because it's, it's you know, can take a lot out of you lugging, lugging that body up and down the court all the time. Especially, again, they played playing Hunter Dickinson, a guy who runs the floor, who moves a lot on offense, who can play outside and in. He's not just jogging down the floor and planting in the paint. And, and so Ware had to move a lot in that game, had to kind of be everywhere defensively. So it's not just the minutes, it's the stress on you. And we saw that to Trace Jackson Davis at times where he kind of had to do everything on defense for Indiana. When they stopped having him, when he stopped having to do that, you started seeing better performances out of him. So, and then, you know, when you need him for 40 minutes, you can go to that, but you don't want that to be every game. Tony, any concerns uh, with, with where struggling here the last couple games? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think um, tonight was his first, I was just looking at his game logs. Tonight was his first uh, game where he didn't score in double figures for Indiana. He scored eight. Uh, on four or seven from the floor, I I didn't necessarily think tonight was as much of a struggle for him, whereas he, he just wasn't as needed. Uh, you know, Indiana has played a lot through him, and really he wasn't the creator at all. Uh, he wasn't the offense wasn't running through him, which it has in several games this season, um, which is a good thing. I think that that they didn't have to play through him. Um, I, I tweeted this out. You know, he I, I think uh, he was like. 12 for 31 uh, in his last three games or something along those lines from the field. He had a stretch like this last season, like in three games where he, he didn't shoot well from the floor and essentially got all his minutes taken away because of that. And this was at halftime, I think, when that stat was tweeted, he only had two points. Even in the second half, he had six points, made his presence known, had a couple big blocks, a couple big dunks, was moving well on the offensive side of the floor. I think what we're seeing is that you know, Mike Woodson is going to allow him to play through some of that that he wasn't able to do at Oregon last season. And I think it's why he, he's going to be better for it as a player because he, he's finally faced a little bit of adversity. And Mike Woodson's able to show – I mean, because at the beginning of the year, he was our best player and it w- wasn't even close. Um, now he, there's a little bit of adversity, and that's a coachable moment. Mike Woodson's going to be able to coach him through. I think it, it's going to be better for Ware. It's going to be better for Coach Woodson to showcase, like, hey, look, you know, we can help a big that's struggling get through things. Um, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, I think that you know his he's actually best utilized how he was tonight. Sometimes it's going to have to be more where you know you're going to throw the ball up to him on lobs and things a few more times. But I don't really think his game should ever be like feed him in the post and let him play back to the basket all night. Um, and, and so I, I like the way that he was utilized, moving, making his defender come out. Um, you know, especially a guy like Hunter Dickinson or something, if when he has to get out and guard ball screens, guys like that struggle. So um, I, I like the way he was used tonight. I think 
it's actually probably better for Indiana if it, if it is that way kind of moving forward where he's going to have nights where he scores 20, but it's going to be on lobs and, and things where he's not having to create the offense for himself all the time. And, and before we uh, move on to segment three, I want to talk a little bit quickly about Gabe Cups. Um, it was good to see him hit a three, but I, he had his hands uh, – started the game defensively, had a steal, had a deflection, he took a charge, a lot of emotion. Uh, his offensive game will come, whether it's this year or maybe with another year's experience. Uh, I think the stats will come for him. But he does a lot of the things that coaches like that don't end up on, on the stat sheet. And once he starts uh, feeling comfortable – uh, stepping into that shot, as Ryan said, was really nice to see because sometimes I think he forces a couple things uh, on the fadeaway or holds onto the ball a little too long. But Gabe Cups continues to do a, a lot of the things that coaches love. Tony, uh, your thoughts on, on Gabe Cups tonight? Yeah, he's, he's showcasing why Mike Woodson is is not afraid to have a freshman leading the team um, at the point guard position. Now, like you said, his offense, he's not going to wow you with um, you know his scoring ability or, or, or anything like that, but the offense flows nicely when he's in there. And like you said, there's, um, there's a lot of things that don't show up on box scores, um, but you know, just pushing the pace, like that you're not going to see in the box score, that Gabe Cups pushed the pace so it Three passes later, Anthony Leal got a wide open three. You know that's that's not showcased, but Mike Woodson has been around the game a long time, um, and, and Cups is honestly that that kind of um, you know middle ground recruit that IU really hasn't gotten a lot of. You know where it's like he's he's a really solid player. He's going to be a four year guy. Um, you know he's not the five star athleticism guy that's going to you know fast track to the NBA, um, and I, I think. IU, you know, it, Cups is going to go down is one of those guys that's going to be a fan favorite. I mean, he already is. You go to Assembly Hall, he's... Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, he's cheered for very loud and, you know, fans appreciate the way he plays the game and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, he's he's going to be a foundational piece for the, the program moving forward. Um, it stinks that he's been thrust into this position, but him personally, it's the best thing for him, um, you know, in his personal game, kind of being thrust into this and just a baptism by fire. Um, but I, I think it's been very commendable what he's been able to do uh, as that lead guard for the team, um, you know, in the time that he's had. Now, I absolutely want to get X back, and I think him leading the second unit is going to be 
really good. You know, Bill Self even mentioned that, that when IU gets Xavier Johnson back, Indiana's going to be a better team with Cups kind of coming off the bench. And then you can have two leads as well in the game, and that's going to help create things when with the Cups and XJ lineup. So I'm excited for that as well. Uh, and it sounds like that could be sooner rather than later with Xavier Johnson coming back. And if you want to know more about the, those sweet spot recruits, uh, Back Home Network has a new podcast, uh, The X's and Joe's. Uh, listen to that this morning for the first time. Really good information. Uh, check that out again at our, our sub stack. But uh, coming up on at the assembly call, we're going to hand out some game balls. Uh, Who's your hustle board? Discuss a lingering question or two and look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent. That's all next here on the assembly call. So stick with us. This is Tim Priller, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU post-game show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Ryan Phillips and Tony Adrania. We're breaking down Indiana's victory, 83-66 to over North Alabama, and it's now time uh, to hand out our game balls, uh, which are presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is leaking, that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Uh, Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at www.bloomenviro.com. All right, uh, let's go, fellas. Uh, game balls. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. I think it's uh, might be clear again this time. Huh? Yeah, I don't even think there needs to be a big discussion here. It's it's uh, pretty easy. Uh, one of the easier ones we've had all year. It's Malik Renew, 10 of 14 from the field, as you said, Coach, 4 of 4 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. He did have the 4 turnovers, but quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, twenty, and he did all that twenty-five points in twenty-seven minutes, and he was a plus twenty-seven in his twenty-seven minutes. He gets the game ball, no questions tonight. Tony, your game ball. Not a ton to add there from what Ryan said. Malik Renew was was brilliant all night, playing inside, outside. Uh, North Alabama had no answer for him, um, and then also passing out of the post when they were double teaming. Um, you know, he didn't get – he got some hockey assists on those those kickouts. But, um, you know, he was the focal point for Indiana. He led the charge. And easy easy one for me to give him the game ball tonight. Well, and I have to be the third one uh, to go with Malik Renew. Just outstanding. Uh, and I thought he took appropriate shots. Loved his three-point shooting, even that deep one shot clock. Uh, that's – that's the reason you shoot to three sometimes, even late shot clock. It, it is an energy shot. It is a momentum changer. I thought he played well in, in all aspects um, tonight. So the season total so far, Ware with six, uh, Renew with three, Galloway one, um, and Caleb Banks one, and Baco one, Cups one, and Walker one uh, on the game balls. And now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. 
they've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leal sent you. All right, thanks, uh, Anthony. Nice shot, by the way. It was good to see you get some run and have your feet set and and be part of the th- uh, three-ball shooting uh, this evening. Uh, so, Tony, we'll come to you. Who gets your – who's your hustle award? This one was hard uh, to – I thought both Trey and Cups could have good arguments for them. I'm going to go with Cups based on the things you mentioned. Um, early steal, set the tone. Uh, I, w- I was pumped when I saw him take that charge, and he really showed some emotion. Uh, you know, the camera did a great job, like, pan right on him as he's screaming and yelling, uh, excited. So, you know, it, it, a lot of little intangible things that he does uh, go on to help this team. And then when he does actually, you know, get, like, some box score stats in terms of charges taken and all that stuff um you know I'm, I'm gonna go with him tonight Ryan I got Trey Galloway I thought he played a really good game I thought he was really active uh cups could definitely get get a vote here uh, but nine assists he was up and down the floor all night and and he was really active on the offensive end though he wasn't scoring a ton of points he only had eight not in and Two of those are from, you know, six of that's from three. So he didn't really have any layups or anything like that, but he was dishing the ball. He was getting guys active. He had uh, three rebounds, two of them offensive, which I, bo- I thought both were key, uh, and he had a block and a steal. So I, I really thought he was a very active and, and brought it in this one. I think you guys have identified the, the two best candidates uh, for, for this. I, both had were instrumental uh, in, in playing – Tonight, I, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Cups um, for, for the reasons I mentioned earlier and a very close uh, decision. Uh, plus, I, I, I'm the host, and I finally get to break a tie after losing a few <laughs> earlier <laughs> to tiebreakers. So uh, I guess I was going to win no matter who I picked. But um, uh, Cups, Cups does it um, for, for me tonight, and that is his third Hoosier hustle uh, of, the, of the year. Um, congratulations to everyone tonight. I thought it was a, a pretty uh, – well-played game overall. So now it's time for any uh, lingering questions. Uh, and I, I guess, what does Indiana, for me, the one lingering question is, uh, this was a result that was needed for everyone in the program, fans included. What does this mean going forward as Indiana has some time off now for Kennesaw State and then January 3rd, they go to Pinnacle Bank over there in, in Nebraska and play a, a, a revamped, revised uh, Nebraska team. They might be a player short. We'll talk about that later. But what does tonight's performance mean for this Indiana Hoosier basketball program? Ryan, we'll start with you. You're muted there. Why did you tell me? You guys would have been so much happier. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I uh, I think this is good just because or this is good for Indiana, just because it's a reset and you did what you were supposed to do. You beat a team by what you're supposed to beat them by, which they haven't really done against these lower tier non-conference teams. So uh, it just kind of settles everything. It gives everybody a de- allows everybody to have a deep breath. You kind of blew it against Kansas. And by kind of, I mean, you did blow it against Kansas. 
you didn't play close to your potential against Morehead State and really struggled throughout the entire game. Got a furious late run to win that. This game, you came out early, established yourself, had a little lull mid to late first half. I think that was just the adrenaline wearing off. And, you know, that's that typical sub pattern for Indiana where guys kind of struggle to play together for a little bit. Other team gets gets a little closer and then put the hammer down, established it and had a pretty wide margin by about a third of the way into the second half. And you kept that for the rest of the game. That's what they're supposed to do. And so it felt like they did something they were supposed to do. They also won in a way they haven't won this year. And I think that's encouraging uh, moving forward. So just kind of a let's all calm down, take a deep breath. This was good. Get through one more non-conference game and let's let's start this season off. The, the, let's get the, the real part of the season going. I, I appreciate that IU had their stinker Tuesday and then was able to play 48 hours later on Thursday before they have this long break through Christmas. Otherwise, I would have been stirring over a week of how bad is IU basketball. But luckily, I don't feel that way. Um, you know, they, they played up to their potential, at least on the offensive end tonight. They won in a, a different way, as Ryan said, which was exciting. So, um, you know, what it means going forward, not not entirely sure, but what I hope it means is that Indiana has proved they're capable of, of shooting from the outside, so they're going to take more looks um, from there. And as we mentioned, there was just some different things they did offensively tonight that opened up the floor that I think uh, will be exciting for the offense moving forward. Uh, defensively, still have some things to figure out, and, and so um, that's where I'm intrigued to, to see against Kennesaw State, um, you know, again, not a pushover. And and I know that North Alabama is not, like, some great team. They're also not terrible. Um, I, I do want to state that. Like, Army and um, – Army is, like, one of the worst teams in Ken Palm. That was, like, a stinker of a team that IU should have dominated. North Alabama, I think they lost to Kansas State by, like, one earlier in the year. Um, lost to Moorhead State by, I think, nine a couple games ago. Not – not a good team by any means. I should have dominated them, and they did. Um, I think Ken Palm was expecting a 13-point win. Line was 15. Um, Indiana dominated once the game the game was out of balance. They were up 25 when they took out the, the starting unit. So I'm excited for, for what this performance looks like moving forward. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it'll help Coach Woodson have a, have a Merry Christmas, uh, not having to, you know, stir over a lackluster performance. Yeah, and that I, I just think there's some carryover from the movement on offense, the ability to shoot to three that can be beneficial. It, it is going to need to happen again against Kennesaw State, which is Indiana's next opponent on uh, December 29th. Uh, that is on Big Ten Plus, so you're going to have to find a place to watch it or subscribe uh, to uh, Big Ten Plus at least for for that game in a, in a month. So be uh, on the lookout for that uh, for next uh, Thursday. Uh, and I just think you got to carry over. You got to build. Uh, Indiana had played the same type of basketball against these opponents. This was the first time they they did what they needed to do against a buy-in. Uh, they had some good uh, games against Big Ten teams, so they have to be more consistent. And the way they played tonight can really help that uh, come true uh, as they go forward. Kennesaw State, two hundred seven currently in Ken Palm, nine and three. Uh, their only uh, Power 5 opponent was Florida State. They got beat by 27. Uh, Kennesaw State gave us a pretty good game last year. I, I, I'm not sure if I remember right. They played a lot of zone last year. For some reason, that comes to comes to mind that, that they're a zone team. So we'll have to see more of that. I think one four their coach five. left, though, right? So they got oh, a new he? coach. Okay. So yeah. um, that, 
we'll we'll have a little bit more then on our next uh, show, which will be AC Radio Thursday, December twenty eighth. So the night before uh, the next game, join us for uh, Assembly Call Radio, where we will uh, discuss uh, this program so far uh, and uh, what's what's coming up in the new year. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout uh, to get 15% off your first order. Uh, fellas, it's time uh, for uh, last call. Tony, we'll start with you. Um, your closing thoughts. Yeah, one thing we didn't mention um, that I thought was big tonight, and, and it kind of contradicts my my cups over Galloway uh, hustle ward, but Gabe Cups got a second foul with 14 minutes remaining in the first half, and Trey Galloway essentially had to play lead the rest of the first half. Um, and, you know, that's that's not his natural position. Did it, didn't turn the ball over doing it. Um, you know, it's it's nice to have that, um, you know, kind of a third lead uh, on the team. But I was interested in what IU was going to do. Uh, you know, Mike Woodson really does not like to play guys with two fouls in the first half. He did it with Cups for about one minute. But the other 13, Galloway was playing lead guard, um, which I thought he did a, a nice job of. So that's kind of my last thought. I, I wanted to get out there because I thought it was important to, you know, I use offense continuing to flow well, even with really their only point guard on the team uh, out. Ryan. You know, we had Miller Cop on after a game a few weeks ago, and we asked about Malik Renew and what his perspective was on Malik Renew and what the first thing he realized. And he said that he's competitive and he's kind of got some leadership qualities and he just he loves to win and hates to lose. Uh, we got that Malik Renew tonight, 25 points. You know, we, we gave him the game ball. We've discussed him a lot, but I think it's worth noting that he took over that game and we've we've seen him go, take over stretches of games, but he sustained it for the whole night. And I think that. That's the guy that, even more than Khalil Ware, who's going to put up numbers and things like that, Malik Renew, I think when ga- when it gets late, in our text chain at least, it's always like, all right, Malik's got to take over. It's not Khalil's got to take over. It's Malik's got to take over because he has that mentality. And I think he's got to be, given the roster, he might have to be Indiana's closer this year. And, and just you saw the confidence. You see that he, you know, when he's not in foul trouble – and he had zero tonight, by the way. Good for you, Malik. Um, when he's on the floor, when he's in the flow of the game, he has that capability. I think he and Xavier Johnson are going to be the two guys Indiana leans on down the stretch of games in the Big Ten. And he's shown he can produce. I think this was a great sign for Indiana moving forward. Yeah, last Tuesday was tough. Uh, I encouraged everyone to be better. Uh, we all, We weren't very happy, and tonight was a step in the right direction, especially offensively. And I think that's where uh, Indiana needs to uh, continue because they're going to see some real tough defenses. And if you can score in multiple ways, I, I think Indiana has a chance to be successful uh, going forward. And tonight, uh, what was that? want to wish everyone in the chat mob and everyone listen, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, hug a loved one, uh, take care of each other, uh, find something uh, positive uh, in this world and share it. Uh, you all are very, very important uh, people. So uh, that's going to do it uh, for this post-game show. If you want to see us do the show live, be part of the live chat. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. Don't forget to go to our substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks 
to John Ringer of RigDesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Thursday night. Until then, take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. Okay. Missed time. All right, everybody. A little bit, but. Yeah. Good enough. Good. Good. Uh, good. No. No. Well, I'm excited after, about after dark I'm argument getting... like last week, last Tuesday. No, no. I expended myself. Plus, Jared's not here. It's less fun against you guys. I like you guys. You know, <laughs> I got. I got all kinds Love of texts. Love Jared. Texts, I know, me too. DMs. Uh, somebody asked me like laughed. are you and jared going somebody said to me like are you and jared going through something i'm like no come on He's, it's like an <laughs> argument with your brother um oh but i am goodness. getting excited because we're it appears we have a venue for uh the meetup we'll be giving you details coming forward everybody oh, so i forgot we, to say we, that yep we will be doing a show a post-game show on february 3rd in bloomington after the penn state game make your plans now come see us in person you can tell me i'm an idiot to my face i you know it's happened before i'm used to it um but yeah come join us that'll be so much fun we're really excited tony stuck said he might bake me a pie i, nice. I will take that uh but yeah you know get get your hotel rooms and tickets now because now that it's been set and upstairs is hosting us it's going to be the, the the hotel industry is going to take advantage of that and, and jack up the prices. <laughs> yeah, book so, everything now. Yeah, so upstairs, get it, get it soon. Uh, we'll be doing our show from upstairs, guys. It's going to be great. We're really excited. We thank them for, for being involved, and you, we'll be giving out details uh, more as they come. A lot of people are going to be involved. It's not just going to be the, the show, our, this show's guys. We're going to try and get everybody, a lot of people involved. Let's have some special guests. Uh, so we're really excited about that. So please make your plans now. February 3rd, come. It's the weekend before the Super Bowl, so you're not going to be missing anything uh, unless you're really into the Pro Bowl, which, I mean, come on. Yeah. Doing uh, the work doing the work will be there. Their next show, by the way, is Wednesday. Uh, our show Thursday, and then we have a game. Uh, doing the work will be there. Uh, IU Philly, Mike Weymouth, um, and Bob Motes of the X's and Joes will be there. Crimson Cast will be there. And uh, unnamed guests that we're working on. Uh, uh, we are working on guests there. now, but and so uh, will... it'll be a different format. Time... I'm, I think for uh, sure we're we're thinking about we're make this... a different format than yeah. our regular shows. But we will be there. You're not uh, just gonna you, you're not just gonna have to listen to us drone for an hour. We're gonna we're gonna mix it up and have some fun stuff, and 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 it'll be a modified post game. Hopefully we'll after a win as well. That'll yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Hey, we got a uh, win last year, and then we I weren't t- allowed to have a show at our venue at the venue. <laughs> yeah. They beat Purdue, and we weren't allowed to have a show at the venue. So upstairs, um, upstairs has really done some nice renovations too, and, and I think they've even done some since I was there uh, for the Crimson Cast uh, podcast uh, in the fall. So, um, FYI, only bar I've ever been thrown out of in Bloomington. Oh, that's hard to believe. Only bar, like, only the one only bar. It wasn't my fault. The person I was with, it was our group, got thrown out. So what were you doing? Other than that, I never got thrown out of a bar in college. Happened uh, once in Chicago when I, I was cannot say the same. <laughs> yeah. No, I and, and again, it's a right of passing. Multiple, out of a multiple bar. bars, Tony. <laughs> yeah. I can only think of one, of a, but it, yeah, getting tossed out of a bar in college is that's a right of passage. You haven't done that, you haven't lived. But yeah, that's the only bar in Bloomington I have ever Mine was Kilroy's. Really? Yeah. Mine was yeah. sports. Sports was 
big when I was there, man. That was that was the one everyone went to. I think you at the time I was there, I think you could have done pretty much anything at sports and not gotten thrown out. So clearly they were a lot classier when you were there, Tony. <laughs> but um yeah, no, we're super excited. Uh it's been awesome. So we're excited. All righty. Make Everybody have a, now. Have a great holiday season, however you celebrate and whatever you do. There there's a uh a big need to just take care of people, right? Give people hugs, take care of your kids, uh, all that good stuff. We, we appreciate every single one of you, uh, and we will see you in a week. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys. All right. Hey, Tony, thanks. Absolutely. Let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me shut off this recording here.